Yo! It's John, and it's time for the JMart cast for November 15th, 2021. What is going on? How are you, friends and family? Speaking of friends and family, I have a special guest on the podcast today. Today, joining us on the JMart cast is Trees, also known as my brother Narek. Yo, what's up, Narek? What's up, what's up, Mr. JMart cast? It is my pleasure to be here. I'm ready to contribute my crazy ideas and my weird way of looking at the world to the wonderful jmart cast which i am a weekly subscriber of awesome awesome you don't have to call me jmart cast just jmart is okay that's just the name of the show <laughs> my bad my bad jmart even though you're my brother i'll still call you jmart <laughs> call me what you want it doesn't matter anyways careful <laughs> how's your week been so far oh that's uh your dog uh, barking. I don't know if you probably can't hear it because the mic's not picking it up. But Leo's uh, having a fit right now. Do you want to go check on him? Yeah, let me just make sure so that he doesn't wake anybody up. No worries, no worries. And with that, with the magic of recording, we're back. Thanks for waiting, ladies and gentlemen. Probably was no time for you to wait at all. I just love using like uh, Bill Burr's like, themes that he always like brings back in his episodes where he, like, whenever he has to stop recording, he always says the, says, says the same stuff. So <laughs> I've go. listened to it so many times that I know it's <laughs> when I have a similar situation. The magic of recording, baby. Yep, yep. So how's your week been? Uh, anything new? I guess we've already caught up a little bit having talked and stuff. Is there anything you missed telling me or do you want to share with the people on the JMark cast? Well, I guess one small highlight, although I'm not sure if I could call it a highlight, maybe a bit more of a low light, was me almost getting jumped in downtown Ottawa, and that was quite a tale. Um, I can go into that story if you want, if it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You already like um, shared it with me, but I wouldn't mind you telling it one more time on the podcast. Yeah, we can kind of just set it up that you were just... Uh, was it late night? Yeah, so I'll, t- I'll tell the story and uh, yeah, maybe get some good content, interesting stories. So I'm downtown Ottawa. I met up with a buddy of mine. You know, we're, we're, we're having some drinks, eating some food, having a good time. No big deal, right? We're downtown in the market, Ottawa. And maybe around 10 o'clock, you know, we part ways, have a good time, whatever. I'm, and I'm walking back home to my car. And as I'm going towards Rideau Street, which is one of the main streets in Ottawa, I hear a bunch of music that's being played via this Bluetooth speaker, right? And there's these kids, they're dancing, having a good time. I'm like, okay, cool, all good. I'm just walking by. I look to my right, and all of a sudden, this tall gentleman starts approaching me. He wasn't a gentleman. He wasn't a gentleman. <laughs> Uh, this, this dude, he looked like he was out of it, and whether he was drunk, he was high, I don't know what he was, but all of a sudden he comes out of nowhere, and he starts say, saying some illegible stuff to me, he's like, yo, what are you looking at, or something like that, and then he literally went and threw arms at me, he threw a fist at me, I'm like, what the hell, so I backed up, and I'm like, bro, you better get the fuck away from me, you better, am I allowed to wear it? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, it's okay, okay, sweat. I'm like I'm like I, like literally like your fight or flight instant kicks in like uh, I'm like not expecting this at all. I just had like a good time with my friend. I'm just freaking chilling, trying to get home, like have a good night. And then uh, out of nowhere, this dude comes up to me and he's like trying to trying to fight me. I'm like, what the hell? Like, bro, you better get the fuck back from me. Like, like I was like ready to ready to scrap. And he's like, oh, oh, sorry, oh, just play, just play. I'm like, bro, you don't play like that. You don't fucking play like that. You come to me and I'm, I'm gonna fuck you up. I was like, I was like ready to like. And then he just backed off and was like, whatever, started like dancing or something, went back. To, and like, this guy was just high or drunk or something. So I'm like, whatever, man. I just 
walked away. Just like he had a bunch of his friends. I'm like, I'm not gonna try to start some shit. You know, first rule of martial arts: walk away. Right? If you can't walk away, (laughs) then you know, (laughs) then you could throw some hands. But like, whatever, man. Like, I'm not. I'm not trying to be in a fight with like a gang of freaking young drunk high 19 20 year olds or something you know so i was like whatever cross the street called him a bitch a couple more times <laughs> and then was on my way <laughs> custom out a couple more times and it was on my way <laughs> well i mean if he's throwing punches at you out of nowhere it's probably okay to just throw a couple of f-bombs back this way too <laughs> yeah at least at least i could do right <laughs> yeah sounds a bit of like a pickle of a situation to get yourself into not even like by anything you did that warranted it that no, literally, like, I was just walking past these guys, just loud music, I was like, okay, cool, young kids, I don't give a shit, have fun, but don't be attacking people on the streets, so if you're in downtown Ottawa walking uh, across Rideau Street, you probably know how sketchy it is with the homeless people and all that stuff, and just keep uh, keep an eye out for some crazy kids that might be dancing and then coming out and throwing random fists at you. Yeah, yeah, Ottawa's a dangerous place. <laughs> Hide your kids. Hide your husbands. <laughs> The streets are hot. Yeah, yeah. My uh, big news for the week, I already told you this as well, but I'll just share it on the podcast, is that I have a new podcast guest for the State of Health podcast, not this one, my health education one. Everyone check out, like and subscribe, (laughs) all that good shit. State of Health, look it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you can find it anywhere. But I'm going to have a new exciting guest. It's exciting for me because I'm into the world of health and fitness, so I, I know this guest and I'm excited to have him on but probably most of the people listening to these to this don't know who the guest is going to be so maybe i what i'll do is i'll share it because then people can look it up but i'm my guest is going to be this guy named ryan debell and he has his own podcast called movement fix this used to be one of my favorite podcasts about health and fitness that i used to listen to all the time and uh i'm so excited to have ryan come Mm -hmm. join me on the podcast and talk about some of the things that he's an expert in Related to health and fitness, the movement, and um, That's awesome, yeah, pretty pretty stoked to for that to have come together. And uh, he has stopped doing his podcast. There's no new episodes. If everyone looks it up and checks out Movement Fix, but all the episodes are really good. And in our conversations, he's been saying that he's been getting the hankering to get started with uh, recording some new episodes. So this is coming on to my podcast might be maybe his first kind of uh, dipping the toe back in the podcast lake so <laughs> there you go man inspiring and he inspired you now in turn you're gonna inspire him to get back on the podcasting thing and i i actually like the story about how you got in touch with him too because it's worth telling people because it shows like a good way of approaching people to kind of if you if you want if you want to request something from somebody just how to go about it where you're not approaching them like in a leeching type of way, or you're trying to take value, you're trying to give value to them, you're trying to add to the conversation. And then from that, it led to him seeing that you're genuinely interested in the subject, you were you were curious about what he's doing. And then I think that probably helped a lot with him wanting to join you, because he saw that you were genuinely and earnestly interested in, in the subject matter. So I think that's, that's like a big part of uh, the story as well, for me. Cool, thanks. Yeah, yeah I uh, reached out to him to say thank you to him because uh, there was a healthcare provider business webinar that he was uh, providing that I attended. And then I followed up with him by sending him a thank you email and then also just asking him a couple of follow-up questions, which he did encourage us to do. And then 
we just through that opening email started a conversation back and forth and then eventually i got the courage to ask him to come on my podcast and he said yes <laughs> there you go never has to say thank you you know you never you never know what it's going to lead into right everybody appreciates being acknowledged so mm-hmm. beautiful yeah 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 the other um big thing that happened this week uh not really a big thing but kind of of note was i went to um my local outdoor supply store to buy some ammo for my shotgun. So last week I shared with the people, with the podcast peeps that I went hunting and was successful. And, but I was also unsuccessful a bunch of times and missed a bunch of shots and started running out of ammo. So I had to reload. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to get some new, new ammo and, um, turns out supply chains have, have affected ammo ammunitions as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like they're low on ammo and, um, Everything's probably super jacked up in price then? Not yet. The prices are not jacked up, but I couldn't get what I wanted. I had to get something different. It's okay. Still, I still got something. I want to get like a, a type of ammo that would be good for both hitting uh, geese and ducks okay. at the same time. Cause they're slightly different sizes, so you need like something in between to hit them both and not like overkill one and not underkill the other. <laughs> okay. Find balance of, <laughs> of destruction. <laughs> Yeah, but they they didn't have the that one, so I had to get separate ammos for each one. So that's kind of annoying. But so you gotta switch it up every time. Yeah, if I mm. depending on what I'm hunting. But anyway, at least I got it. Ended up I was gonna get like one box each, and then I was like, wait, is is the is it really bad? With like like it's like I'd get two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a good, he's a good salesman. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing when you're dealing with the situation, you're actually seeing the shelves empty and not being restocked. It's like, yeah, you know, just just to be on the safe side, may as well get a couple extra boxes. You never know. Yeah, so I ended up just getting two each, one two boxes for geese, two boxes for ducks, and now I'm covered for a little while at least. I don't go up that hunting that often. I think I'm hoping to get one more hunt in this year, and then after that, probably baby daughter's going to be in the picture, and then no hunting after that. <laughs> nice, nice, man. Um, I can't wait to one day be able to join you and be able to get on the fields and get my license and all that stuff. Definitely on my list of things to do as well. So mm-hmm. it's cool that you're taking the, the lead on that and then you can usher in the knowledge to the underlings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worry. I'll be your uh, hunting guru once nice. I learn how to do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> I'm down, I'm down. Because, yeah, I definitely want to get, like, a rifle, shotgun, and just try try that whole experience, you know. Do you feel, like, when you're out there, you're, like, in tune with nature and, like, you're just really zoned in? Do you feel those, like, animalistic, primitive instincts come in where you're just, like, super in tune with your body and you're just, like, like, all the noise kind of gets cleared in a sense and you're just like one with your your tools you're one with your your senses you got your eyes on on the birds and all that stuff you know like do you you get that that's that clarity uh kind of not like not not exactly quite that much i do get like a fight or flight response when the birds are flying nearby and it looks like they might be landing soon Mm-hmm. I definitely feel my heart racing, my palms are getting sweaty, okay. and then, but I, at the same time, I've been getting better at going over a mental checklist of like, like one thing that I've been paying attention to is just kind of getting the uh, butt of the gun right into my shoulder ahead of time so that I'm ready. So when I get up to, to shoot, uh, the gun's almost already in the right place and I just mm-hmm. have to 
just aim it in the right direction. So I've been kind of going through that in my mind. Mm-hmm. So it's but, all the mental checks you have to do, kind of like repeating them over and over. It's kind of like becomes like a like a mantra you're repeating in order to like get yourself in in the zone. Yeah, because then there's times where I'm not 100% prepared and then by, I get up and then I'm like, oh, crap, I need to do this. I need to do that before I can right. shoot. And then by the time I do all those other things, then the shot is already not like, lost. It. Yeah, I missed yeah. it. You have like that small window of opportunity. And if you hesitate for a second, then it's gone. Kind of, It really kind of reminds me of that premise of how our uh, repetitions and our cycles can free us you know our habits can free us in a sense where sometimes like people have a perception that you know repetition is bad it's like i don't want to be stuck in the same cycle same pattern of behavior but it, mm-hmm. it goes to show how repeating certain things over and over can actually help free up your mind in order to focus on maybe more important things by virtue of having a system you've developed a system okay check this check that is the butt of the gun on the shoulder all this stuff and then mm-hmm. like you you can spend more of that energy focusing on okay like making sure your shot is accurate and all that stuff that's pretty cool yeah it's like uh, when you have a morning routine and then you just kind of keep doing your morning routine and you take care of all the things that need Mm -hmm. to be taken care of in the morning through the morning routine and you have a bunch of free time to devote to whatever work or anything else Mm -hmm. that's awesome so when you get that um fight or flight response does going through these checks kind of help simmer that down? Do you find like it helps, like because I, I imagine like maybe having like palm, sweaty palms and all that stuff. Maybe that's not the best for when you're trying to be focused and stuff. So do these things kind of help you, like like okay, refocus, rezone in, and so that way you're able to hit your target and stuff. I think so. Yeah, it just uh, gives me something to focus on that's not worrying. Right? If I'm worrying about something, I'm mm-hmm. probably not going to be. Uh hitting the target but if i'm going over my checklist in my mind and making sure i do those things in my on my checklist then by the time i get through the checklist it's almost time to uh you know rise up and take the shot and then it's like okay well at least i didn't waste my time worrying about it and now i'm ready to go nice nice that's beautiful that's beautiful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah what else this week oh, yeah well, there was a remembrance day this week mm-hmm. november 11th happy remembrance day to everybody Happy Remembrance Day, Veterans Day, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I uh, recited the Flanders Field poem to you earlier this this weekend, and you're like, that was random. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, we were just kind of sitting like around, like watching a movie or something. I don't know what was happening. I just kind of like busted out the the poem. Like, I'm I'm cool. I'm down. Like, it's like okay, no one's ever like recited we're... poem to you just randomly. <laughs> not not the Flanders Fields one. Like, <laughs> no, like, respect respect pay almost to the troops it was it was just the first verse it wasn't the whole thing either mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah are you gonna bust it out on the podcast i think i should that's why i memorized it okay oh, okay okay let's do this let's do this but i only have the first verse maybe i'll look up the rest well i have a witness here that that can like uh at least uh like approve that i did the first verse by memory and not by looking it up okay the first verse like, <laughs> i think i probably could probably do the first verse top of my head like Okay, like, in Flanders Field, I'll give you the first line. In Flanders line. Fields, the poppies blow between the crosses row by row. Row on row. Row on I, oh, okay. okay, row <laughs> on row. By, <laughs> by on. <laughs> that, that mark their graves. That mark our place. That mark our place. Okay, that's that. that. And in the sky, and the larks, still bravely singing, fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. Mm-hmm. Boom. Beautiful. Now, now we're gonna look up the, the rest. It's bringing, this is bringing uh, what's what's it called? Goosebumps. I'm having goosebumps in the back back I, of my hairs. 
I get goosebumps when somebody recites like a good poem, especially mm-hmm. in Flanders Field. Like mm-hmm. that's a classic poem. Mm-hmm, for sure. We are the dead. Short days ago, we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved, and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders Fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you, from failing hands, we throw the torch. Be yours to hold it high. If ye break, fa- if ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders Fields. I got the boost bump, boost bumps for sure, man. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. It's powerful stuff. All kidding aside, it is for sure. Mm-hmm. And especially like you know when they're commemorating Memorial Day, and then you hear the the trumpet uh, song that's played. It's like do. Yeah. Like, what is that called? It's it's like this. It's like the thing that they always play on it. Uh, shame on me for not knowing it. But uh, that even that 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 trumpet playing, like it always gives me um, goosebumps as well. Like listening to that, it's it's so I don't know. It's it's almost like haunting. Um, yeah, the, the bugle calls or whatever. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah, maybe a bugle, not a trumpet. Yeah, because uh, they I know they have like a specific thing. Um, where yeah, it's like it's, like, it's got that, that somber sound. Dun, 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 dun. First call oh. Yeah, it's, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Is this it? The sound of revolution. Okay. Nah, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it, yeah, it's it's like the 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 traditional thing mm. that you hear um when all, all the soldiers are there and they're standing still commemorating and stuff. And one thing that pissed me off about Remembrance Day is that there was like some graffiti that was on um like one of the monuments for like the fallen soldiers. Like yeah, I saw some... that. I saw that. It said the real heroes are the vaccinated. Yeah, <laughs> so crazy, man. So crazy that somebody <laughs> felt like that was something that was worth writing down on the memorials of well, I bet fallen it's just soldiers. somebody pissed off, right? Like somebody's pissed off with all what's going on with the coercion of like vaccine mandates and he's just uh, expressing his anger through uh, not a good way. Like I don't endorse that, but but you know, there's a reason why people are acting out. I see. I think that it's like the opposite. I think it's like the people that are really for the vaccine side that are more than likely the ones that would have like desecrated these memorials and like who knows i guess like at the end of the day it was all speculation but to me like what i initially thought was that like because people that are really on this on this side of the fence they might be also kind of like against military or they might be against um uh, I, I don't know like i just have that perception that it would be like more of like a left-wing thing to do and typically mm-hmm. left-wing people are ones that are anti-military spending they're not really down for that kind of stuff that's my perception anyways mm-hmm. um that's why you always hear like you know left-wing people when they get into office they kind of like cut funding for military whereas like the right will fund military mm-hmm. so i feel like there's like some left person that's like trying to send a message that yeah like the real heroes are the vaccinated screw these military mm-hmm. people like they're probably thinking i wish the communists won like mm-hmm. we've had the socialist utopia by now uh, that was my perception of it but the way i saw it was that like this was making fun of the vaccinated because mm-hmm. I, mean, I thought it was ironic somebody wrote like in irony that like the vaccinated people their names should be on these uh monuments mm-hmm. for for real heroes right mm-hmm. people 
whose names are etched on those monuments, those are the real heroes. But as a joke, as to like how it's perceived in society now, you're a hero if you vaccinate and you're, you're a villain if you don't. You're, if you're unvaccinated, you're a villain. So it's mm-hmm. trying to kind of uh, make fun of that by portraying mm-hmm. these people who proclaim to be heroes when they're really not over real heroes to make fun of them. To, to... See, I would think that was the case had it been like more of a high quality graffiti like if somebody like because if you're like on that level you're like trying to send like a message you're like thinking of like almost like two-dimensional level you know or two three dimensions you know ahead and um yeah. you would like put like a nice like i don't know i feel like they would have put together like a nicer a, a nicer graffiti than just like a quick little the real heroes are the unvaccinated i think like it was just like some kids they were definitely like, kids, like, some dumb yeah. teenagers that did that. Like nobody else would be mm-hmm. stupid enough to do that. Now I'm curious if we ever find these kids. Which, which theory is correct? <laughs> which theory? Hmm. Interesting. Hopefully, we do catch those kids and ship them off to mm-hmm. Afghanistan or something. <laughs> the Taliban can deal with them. All right, these are just jokes, folks. Just jokes. <laughs> Anyways, we'll finish off with this last story that we can like joke about uh, for a little while here. So my wife, who's a medical doctor, emergency son, yeah, and the emergency medicine doctor, and she was telling me that a colleague of hers just uh, kind of sent a group email to her and a bunch of other colleagues saying that digital. Well, prostate exams. I was going to call them digital rectal exams, but prostate, everyone knows what, what prostate exam is. People don't always know what digital rectal exam is. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would be in that camp. I would I'd be like, digital rectal exam, what? <laughs> digit, fingal, rectal. Okay. You, you get it. <laughs> okay. I thought it was like digital, like it was like being done with some electronics or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I could see that. <laughs> but prostate exams Digits. used as like a general screen on the population, those, those are no longer based in evidence, meaning that doing them as a screen for people doesn't actually reduce mortality from uh, prostate cancer. So, yeah, so basically, it doesn't mean that they're going to stop doing them, prostate exams, but they're not, no longer going to do them as just a basic screen on everybody who like reaches the age of 50, right? That was the old joke. Like, oh, you reach 50, it's time to get butt up your finger. <laughs> finger so, up your butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, butt up your finger. <laughs> right. that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Finger up your butt. And so that's not happening anymore as a screen. Really? Interesting. Yeah, so it doesn't it decrease the incidence of, incidence of dying from prostate cancer. So if there's, um, you know, uh, some sort of uh, worry that you might have prostate cancer, they, they would still do it as a way of testing, but it wouldn't be just a screen that you apply to everybody. Blanket. Right. You would have to actively request that. Yeah. And that was my joke was like how back in the day, if you were some creep that wanted to finger <laughs> up your ass, you know, all you had to do was wait for 50 <laughs> and boom, your wish got like... I guess now you don't have to wait till you're 50. Well, none. Well, now you... Based on your request. <laughs> yeah, but you, now you're outed. Now you're outed when you ask for it. When you ask for it, you're like, oh, shit, this guy's a creep. He wants a finger up his well, butt. <laughs> I think the doctors are going to out you, like, on freaking Reddit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we still have doctor patient you. confidentiality. But the doctor knows. Before, it'd be like, whatever. <laughs> you couldn't, the doctor couldn't tell who were the normies and who were the creeps. Oh, okay. Now this is like, you're going <laughs> to... So you say everybody that wants the <laughs> prostate exam is the creep? 
<laughs> if you just wanted blanket up your finger up your ass, you're not a creep, but like, you know, you're different. <laughs> cut from a different cloud. Yeah. yeah. Cut from the same cloud. I mean, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where did they actually have like evidence to show that there's no like rationale to continue this practice or like i'm kind of curious of like how they came to this decision because if it's been applied for so long um was there like a astounding amount of evidence that came that were like we're kind of like wasting time and energy like is is it like uh is there you know are they going to save on resources or something like that like what's the rationale i don't have too many details but i think what all i can say is that after a prolonged period of time where the prostate exam was used as a screen on all new 50-year-olds mm-hmm. as a way of assessing whether someone's got the start of you know prostate exam, after so many years, we haven't seen a decrease in the incidence of people dying from prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. So if we're not actually helping less people die from this cancer, why are we sticking fingers up their butts? <laughs> I, I guess the the argument would be that maybe it would help with detecting on a sooner basis or on an earlier basis. Sure, maybe the uh, the if you're measuring your your if you're if you're measuring the efficacy based off of mortality, then okay, maybe no. But if you're measuring efficacy based off of early diagnosis, where you wouldn't have gotten those diagnoses beforehand, yeah. then maybe I don't know. Maybe it, it wouldn't be bad to to know. I don't. Know, but yeah, that, I mean, that's so debatable, think, but no right. one can debate whether, uh, you know, the incidence of dying from pe- prostate cancer, wh- whether we want that to go up or down, mm-hmm. you know, we, we want that to go down, right. whether we know about whether we have prostate cancer, some people don't want to know. No. It, and if it doesn't make a difference, whether you're going to die sooner or later, then maybe it's, it's not worth knowing. So that's debatable. Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess the question would be that maybe they didn't see like statistically significant drop, but could you make the case that on an anecdotal level, maybe there were some individuals that did benefit from getting an earlier diagnosis and maybe it wasn't significant enough to register as a significant impact having this early diagnosis, but that doesn't mean that there weren't individual cases of people that maybe benefit from it. So then that's how I would look at it is that like, okay, maybe, yeah, on on a population average level, then Mm -hmm. you're not seeing like a major difference. But Mm -hmm. on a case-by-case basis, like I'm sure there's still some people that maybe would want to know that they had it earlier on than not or being able to take the proper steps. So it's just kind of like Mm -hmm. an interesting... uh, approach in that if you think of it from like that point of view you know what i mean yeah definitely and there's a lot of like skill involved <laughs> it's funny to think about <laughs> skill <laughs> about so much something okay, <laughs> but like there right? actually is like uh there's some people <laughs> who can do it and detect something and some people who can do it and maybe there's something there and they don't detect it so there's a lot of skill involved with this as well right so it's not just a straight across the board numbers thing there's quality and quantity and quality involved right so i would yeah i would i would tend to side with you is that we can't throw the baby with the bathwater. so it doesn't mean like we shouldn't ever do prostate exams ever again we just need maybe better trained doctors and more correct application at the right time so at the end of the day it's a tool right right every tool has a right job every tool also has a wrong job like you you, you can't use a hammer for painting a picture right mm-hmm. right 
And to, to that end, though, if the doctors are doing these tests on a lower frequency, then could that potentially impact that that knowledge, as you see, where, you know, this kind of like through repetition, you like improve your, your skills in, in any mm-hmm. craft, right? So if mm-hmm. you're decreasing your reps, then are you, is that maybe potentially going to decrease um, the, 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 the knowledge of what you're looking for? 100%. You know? I'm sure that's so, going to happen. Like we mm-hmm. have a we have a personal story that goes along the same lines. Like mm-hmm. uh, so, Carly's like pregnant right now, and the baby's like breached, still hasn't hurt, like turned head down, mm-hmm. and because at some point people decided that breech births were like dangerous, they stopped doing breech births and are and only did uh, C sections. But then, like, there's some new evidence or analysis that shows that, like, breech births are fine for a certain subpopulation of people and not fine for others. Mm-hmm. So it's actually, it's okay to do breech births. You just got to make sure they meet these other check marks that, like, make it low risk. Mm-hmm. But because they hadn't done it in so many decades, now you can't even find a doctor who's willing to do these breech births. Uh-huh. There you go. So now it's we're lost. Like, yeah, it's, it's a lost uh, art unless, like, mm-hmm. they retrain people. Exactly. Exactly. And it's all based off of, like, what people believe is the truth. But meanwhile, yeah, it's tough when you're trying to follow the evidence. But meanwhile, you don't have... I think, I think really, to me, what that uh, shows is the the issue of trying to average things out and how averages to anything really make you miss out on the nuances of a situation where like it's easy to get lost in averages meanwhile so many people like who is the average person like who is who is this average person when you think about it like it's all just like statistics right like Mm -hmm. like i I don't know and you kind of like miss out from these nuances when you're not doing like multi-factor analysis where you're looking at maybe their age where you're looking at maybe um freaking what else maybe like ethnicity i don't know that could be a factor Mm -hmm. or like their weight you know Mm -hmm. like all all these other parameters and trying to factor those in but we're so keen to do single factor analysis because it's just the easy thing to do it's reductionist thinking and there's nothing wrong with reductionist thinking because it helps you like make some pretty amazing like uh, calculations or predictions but ultimately you have to remember that it's still reductionist and the truth is a lot more complex Mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly and just really like the whole notion of don't throw the baby with the bathwater. yeah no one's an average of everything right everyone's like at an extreme end on some sort of quality (laughs) yeah for sure for sure all right, that's like we're done a half an hour, and then I usually end off the podcast with a little bit of a Bitcoin update. So let's, okay. do, let's do like the JMart Bitcoin update. We're on block height 709701. Boom. Booyah, Where was the price at? 63,949. We are basically at about the same level that we were at as a week ago. Not a lot of change, just a lot of sideways consolidation. But as always, the price does not matter. What matters is what makes Bitcoin special. And what makes Bitcoin special is that no one controls it. And it is digital money that is controlled by code, not by people. Because I don't trust people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think that's a good um, way to highlight its benefits. To me, to me, anyways, like that's one of the 
biggest benefits of it is that it is a truly decentralized network where you don't have to go to the traditional gatekeepers, to the big banks where they have to uh, ask you about what you're doing, why you're sending this, give me all your money. It's like, oh, they got to get their cut and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And can, you, can you sort of cut you off? Like, you've had some personal, like, experience recently where you're trying to use your money to buy some shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the bank was making it really difficult for you to do that. And you right. really saw the, the value add of Bitcoin yeah. and the fact that you can control your own money. Could mm-hmm. you share that a little bit before we end the podcast today? Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it ties in real well. But basically, I was trying to purchase something that was relatively on the more expensive side of things. So, you know, you can't... Five just... figures, bitch. Okay, relax. <laughs> relax. Relax. <laughs> relax. And we expose them in a number. Um easy he, uh, that's a lie that's a lie <laughs> propaganda propaganda fake news fake news folks uh, but yeah basically it's it's it is uh, more than you can uh, do with uh, an average credit card um because i'm an average person average credit card no big no <laughs> i'm not making crazy money um, so yeah trying to send this transfer big chunk of money and I had to do it to the bank with the traditional wire transfer, right? Which is how they used to do it back in the days when you see, like, those movies where the, the villain is like, wire me the money to this account. Like, and they do it and it's yeah. the computer and stuff. That is still how banks transfer money, like, large tr- sums of money. And in order to do that, you have to give them – you have to first book an appointment. You have to find the right time. You have to get a whole bunch of information related to the account, the address, the owners, the the, the bank, and then their address. Like so much, so much, so many bits of information. And then you go to the bank. Then you have to give them this information. Then they type it in some freaking nineteen-year-old dweeb that's like half asleep or like <laughs> uh, like half baked or something, and he's got to put it all into the computer. Then they got to get you to check it so that that freaking nineteen-year-old dweeb didn't mess up when they're inputting all the bits of information. And like you got to double check his work, and it's just like. And they're asking you for all this bits of information and why you're sending it and like who you're sending it and like this and that. And it's just like, okay, I see why you guys are so scared of Bitcoin. I see where you guys are terrified of Bitcoin because all this is just so antiquated and just so outdated and so redundant. Like, mm-hmm. why would anybody waste their time with this crap mm-hmm. and waste like? hours of their day in order to send money when they can literally do the Scan same and like code, wait 10 minutes boom <laughs> legit like it's it's tens fractions of a second to to get all this done and i'm just like okay like like before i was like obviously i was still uh, i saw the benefits of bitcoin but then just kind of going through the experience itself you just really see like okay like mm-hmm. yeah this is this is inevitable like mm-hmm. As people see, and then you look at freaking inflation, you look at the if you just leave your money in your bank, you, you're being a good boy, you're saving your stuff, you're being diligent, you're being responsible, you're not spending it frivolously on TVs and bullshit, cars, all this stuff, making yourself more in debt, you're losing money. You're, 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 there's a freaking inflation tax where you the value of your money is decreasing. 6% in the US, it printed, the monthly cpi exactly man like that's that's insane and like most in like the last 30 years or something and it's uh like they were saying it's gonna be transitory but now they're like no maybe not so transitory the definition of transitory is a bit of a flexible definition because it could mean anything like it depends on the time scale you're looking at (laughs) ice ages are transitory they come in and come out exactly (laughs) global warming is transitory Uh, (laughs) 
it comes and it goes like it's a cycle right like so it's like what do you mean by trans- like what is the time frame that we're looking at and mm-hmm. it just yeah further illustrates mm-hmm. that the, the power of bitcoin and people are saying like okay i'm, I'm putting leaving my money in the bank i'm losing it so i'm and then they're looking at uh, crypto they're looking at bitcoin ethereum they're seeing this, the price go up and they're like screw it why the hell not i'm gonna go to these exchanges now now these exchanges are more established than ever before we have like coinbase and uh, so cracking. on and cracking and crypto.com and so on and so forth so they're relatively safe they're not scams they're mm-hmm. established websites mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. easier than ever to mm-hmm. convert your money into bitcoin mm-hmm. or other form of crypto and i will just mm-hmm. interject here that i think that other forms of crypto are scams only bitcoin is <laughs> the real real money that you should put money into right yeah and uh that's why I, I don't even use those exchanges like you said like coinbase i don't use kraken i don't use crypto.com i used for for a month because their first month you get like uh no fees yeah. So I use it for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't even use that. If anyone wants a good uh, exchange, especially uh, people listening to this here in Canada, use uh, ShakePay. That's the one that I use. It's good, low fees. And I have a referral link. I'll put that in the description. I have it in the description. So go, go through that. Nice. Do that. <laughs> use the referral, kick back. You get some. We get some. Yeah, I think you get like 10 or 30 bucks. I can't remember which one it is right now. But just to take it back to that 19-year-old dweeb you were complaining about, didn't that guy make multiple mistakes when you were like... Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he made mistakes that I had to let go to. I'm like, dude, you, you did this wrong. You did that wrong. And in the end, I didn't, I didn't even notice. But like, even I messed up one of the data points. And uh, literally, the, the, the city that it was supposed to go to was, was wrong. The city was put in the address, so the city was still there. But where the city should have been, it was actually the, the state right so i'm like shit and then like after the fact i'm like oh man can we change it like oh it's been sent we can't do this i'm like (laughs) and then i'm like well like why do you actually like on the back of your thing say hey we can actually try to recoup your funds after it's been sent but you what you're just being lazy right now you don't care but like (laughs) i don't know luckily it was like a small bit of information that didn't impact the the transfer and the transfer did go through because the the the, it was just like again like the city and like it was part of the it was just written in the wrong field, but yeah, yeah. but that was just one of the mistakes that I didn't catch. But there were like two others that I did. I'm just like, man, like what? It's yeah. just like, dude, what like, is he even there for? Like, I don't know. Just like, I think a perfect um, perfect candidate to be um, replaced by a machine. Yes, yeah, <laughs> candidate, you you're you're getting replaced by a robot. Yeah, go go flip some burgers or something. Still yeah. don't have robots for that. Yeah. And uh, I will say, yeah, I know you're kind of like more on the extreme side of like a Bitcoin purist. So that's maybe where we differ. But I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, I acknowledge Bitcoin is like kind of like the the mother of all like cryptos, <laughs> obviously. But I mean, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's, of course, money to be made on some of the other ones, too. And mm-hmm. Ethereum, mm-hmm. of course, does yeah, have yeah. merit with just by virtue of like the NFTs that mm-hmm. come from it. Although some people then <laughs> think that's a scam, too. So, you know, well, that's a whole other yeah. debate the as well. Think of it is think of Bitcoin as saving your money and then all the other cryptocurrencies as investing in something that you speculate. Yeah, that's the way I, I think. Yeah, about it. that's a good framework. Exactly. That's talking about. It's, it's kind of like the new gold standard. That's how I see Bitcoin. Like if you like back in the days when people were like, okay, we have some money and I want to uh, store it in something that I know is going to have value from like 
to the end of time, gold. Yeah. Gold was that standard, right? Mm-hmm. So then similarly, I think now Bitcoin is, is the new gold, gold standard where you can store your money in that and it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a lot of value in it, I think. Mm-hmm. We just got to orange pill more people. Yes, it's it's gonna happen, man. It's gonna happen. There's more yeah. people. We got mom and dad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and like, if we can get those, then anybody's really down. When you think about it. Yeah, I mean, they just trust us. That's why they did it. But I mean, we need like to get more old people to to get on this because they're screwed, man. All the people on fixed incomes that have all their money in like bonds and crap, like they're they're done. Yeah, all their money is like losing value as we speak. Exactly. It's it's mm-hmm. it's. It's it's so sad, and then what? The most people are at in the sixty forty portfolio, right? Where the sixty is bonds, and mm-hmm. those bonds are in a negative yield for like over a year. Years now, <laughs> so it's like those people are screwed. Yeah, it's it's definitely a tough situation for a lot of old people that are like maybe approaching retirement. They had money saved up; they thought they were good. Now all of a sudden. Boom! Inflation. You have maybe like a third, or not 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 a third, but maybe you had no much less than what you had anticipated. Now, what are you gonna do? Go back to work at like seventy or something? It's Mm -hmm. it's a really shitty situation that this government spending and has has driven and yet their solution is like more spending yeah. more more cowbell gang more cowbell like yeah, it's yeah. literally that snl episode where <laughs> it, where it was it will ferrell and he's just like more cowbell like i think more cowbell is necessary <laughs> yeah but some people for example some old people who were smart enough to invest in real estate mm-hmm those people are like, even though like if they have a lot of their savings and bonds, if they have a house, at least their house is appreciated to kind of battle some of the uh, yeah. depreciation of their bonds. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to have a house, then yeah. Yeah. Thankfully. So there's at least that. So then, then the young people who haven't had a chance to get a house yet, now they're out, outpriced out of the, uh, the real estate market. Yeah, and that's just a whole nother yeah, issue yeah. we can go into of like, why are these housing prices so high and should they really have appreciated this much? And Yeah, no, we kind basically of, made like probably 100k a year on our house since we bought it in price appreciation, which like that shouldn't be like yeah. how things work. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's like almost like unheard of, but when you're looking at Toronto and Vancouver, which is like the hottest housing markets like in the world then yeah you, you see that stuff happening and mm-hmm. but nobody's asking like wh- what is the the cause everybody's just saying oh we need to increase the minimum wage oh yeah you think you, by increasing the minimum wage by like 20 cents to like 15 25 that's gonna help you with your ability to buy a, a hundred uh, buy a million dollar house or something like in toronto like good luck <laughs> you think that's gonna solve the issue okay yeah mm-hmm. that and that's just like how um out of touch the politicians are it's it's how artists politicians are, but it's also how like there's a lack of education with mm. how the monetary system works where yeah. we think that oh, the price of goods has gone up, so therefore we need to increase the minimum wage so that way it mm. keeps up. But then they don't realize that that creates this um, f- uh, um, a f- feedback loop, like a positive feedback loop, but then that's just going to drive prices up even more. Then they're going to have to raise your wage more. Mm-hmm. It's literally a cat and mouse game that you're mm-hmm. creating without actually looking at the core, the fundamentals of the system that's creating this incentive mm-hmm. structure in the first place, man. Mm-hmm. That's The problem is the money. It's the shitty money that you can just inflate ad infinitum. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And when you don't have that separation of power, when you don't have that that 
which which is really funny because like when you look at the u.s like for the longest time like people will criticize it we're like oh the federal reserve is separate from the government and and why why would they do that it's like a bunch of private corporations these banks owning the the money printing system and that's why u.s is corrupt but then you realize that 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 was done for a specific reason in order to separate the the power so that way mm-hmm. the the printing capacity for the money wasn't in the hands of the government itself there was mm-hmm. some checks and balances they'd be tempted to just keep printing <laughs> exactly like so that's what they did for World War Two, and, and and there's so much, I, I don't know. It, 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 it's just like the, the the lack of the historical understanding of it, and maybe it's done on purpose, arguably, or who who knows? Maybe it's yeah, like it's, for sure it's done on purpose. Well, I just recently told you about that. What is it? Executive Order six one zero three or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was the executive order that FDR signed in the United States in mm-hmm. nineteen thirty three that confiscated all the gold from exactly. uh, from civilians from regular exactly. people. Yep. Only uh, like the gold was taken, and then in return they gave him dollars. I believe I'm not I'm not one hundred percent sure, but I think they they were given dollars, but they were never allowed to trade the dollars back for gold if they were just people, right? The only entities who could trade dollars back for gold would be other uh, countries but even that was stopped in 1971 Mm -hmm. and all of this like nobody knows about it like uh, I didn't know about this till very recently till I got interested in Bitcoin and I started studying history and understanding what money is you know asking and trying to answer that question what is money Mm -hmm. and but if, if it was like taught and everybody knew about this stuff then Everybody would have a whole bunch of questions, like, really difficult to answer yeah. questions that Mr. Trudeau, yeah. freaking any second rate math teacher <laughs> that doesn't, that thinks budgets can balance themselves and he doesn't care about monetary policy. That, I'm going to stop he, it there. <laughs> can he even release like a budget for like the past two years? Like I think yeah. he just released one or something like, I don't even know. I don't know, but uh, if then he would have hard, some hard questions to answer. He wouldn't be able to rely on his drama skills to be able to answer those questions, <laughs> and then he would be booted out. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's uh, the, the the politicians can really mm-hmm. take advantage and seize off people's ignorance like this. And another example of this is what's being proposed now in the U.S., where I believe it's the Democrats that are saying that they want to tax unrealized gains, yeah. which is absolute <laughs> insanity. Asinine. It, and, the, and they're trying to get... Um, Get it, get it through Congress and get it passed by virtue of them saying, "Oh, it's only to billionaires. It's only to a certain like maybe like there's like a hundred people that are going to be subject to this tax." But do you really think that if the government gets their foot in that door, they're not going to expand it? Yeah. They're not going to eventually trickle that down to, oh well, maybe the hundred millionaires, oh the ten millionaires, oh the millionaires, maybe the hundred thousand there. The, the way things are going, everyone's going to be a billionaire pretty soon. Like <laughs> the way money's being uh, depreciated, like, you're, like everyone's going to have a bunch of billions of dollars. It just won't be worth the uh, crap. Mm-hmm. Another good example how like uninformed people are. Uh, I was telling my father-in-law about how like the uh, Bank of Canada it has expanded its balance sheet like drastically. And then how interest rates are still low, like basically close to zero percent. He's like, really? Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. Like you're supposed to when you're supposed to when inflation's high, you're supposed to increase uh, <laughs> 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 increase interest like, rates. Where you that's, been, what bro? They, that's what they did when I was like younger. Like he was like from the days when bonds were returning over ten percent. Like yeah. <laughs> come on, man. Pay attention. Like pay attention to what's going on around you. <laughs> it, it's I guess it's just so hard for people, man. Like too it's much stuff. just yeah. too much going on, and 
It's mm-hmm. just like you it's got like family and like you, life, yeah. and then, but 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 at the same time, like it is kind of like going going back to like conversation of like your like rights and responsibilities, like civic duties. You do have to have your eye on these things. It is your duty as a citizen in a democratic state to check mm-hmm. on the politicians. Like we forget that the whole reason, this whole democratic thing is that the politicians are accountable to us. And we, if we are uninformed to what the politicians are doing, that's what allows them to do all these things that uh, w- then we're surprised. Like, oh, what, what are they doing? And then by the time they find out, they're like, they're, they're shocked by it. But like, where you been? Where you been <laughs> for the last 10 years, man? It's been going on since like 2008, quantitative easing, bro. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And you understand well, I mean, people government. have lives and stuff. Stuff, but mm-hmm. it's just like, man, we 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 we've forgotten that ultimately politicians uh, are accountable to the people. Mm-hmm. And I have this actually cool idea that I've been toying with, and that is, and we're kind of going off a tangent here, okay. but but I've had this idea for a while that we need to actually have more referendums as a result. So whenever these big decisions are made, what we do is we theorize that the politicians have been voted on to represent the votes or the wills of the people, right? Mm-hmm. We have represented democracy. But that stems from the ancient ideas of essentially being ruled by a monarch. So when we, when we take, a, take a step back, like let's say a thousand years when we had kings and queens, right? Mm-hmm. We had a very uh, concrete line that separated who were the ruling class and who were the peasants, right? If you were peasants, you're working the field. You're not thinking about politics. You're not thinking about monetary policy. You're not thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. wars and all that kind of stuff. You don't, you don't even know, right? Mm-hmm. You're just on the field doing your thing. That's for the higher class, for the elites, for the kings and queens, lords and such. But through the evolution of the democratic process, it's it's essentially allowed for a greater dissemination of political information to people that aren't in the political class. So the average individual, mm-hmm. via dissemination of information via internet, is more more or less like quite informed with what's going on there, or at least they can be. The information is there. Uh, maybe of course politicians they have some some information that it maybe isn't known to the average individual but if we look at relative to like a thousand years ago it's gone down significantly right so what my theory is that if there's so before we would grant these abilities to the kings to the nobles to rule for us because they were the political class but because the political information has essentially been distributed to the everyday individual my theory is that we need to have more referendums to give people the opportunity to actually vote on the things that they want on a more direct basis and essentially cut out the middleman because mm-hmm. the, what what is the politician? They're the middleman to our desires. But if we know what the desire is mm-hmm. and we can just vote on it, then why don't we just do it from that point of view? I mean, assuming that we're not voting against like fundamental rights that are, that should be embedded, for example, like, you know, freedom of speech and freedom mm-hmm. uh, of pro and, and right to bear to your own property and those things obviously Mm -hmm. we can't have a referendum against those things because then that that leads to potentially like more tyranny more problems but Mm -hmm. uh, like barring aside these like kind of the these core values that society is built on we should be able to vote on these kind of transitory things that's my theory anyways because again i go back to the idea that we are now more informed than ever before in terms of the politics the information that's going on and we should thus have more power too because 
essentially like when you look at the trend that that's what the trend has been right the the, the power has been disseminated mm-hmm. by virtue of um lowering from kings to like mm-hmm. more democratic mm-hmm. representation and i mm-hmm. see this as like the natural progression of that even more so down the line yeah i could see that my only problem with that is that like a lot of people are uninformed and they're driven by like just mainstream media what they watch on like news on like cbc news or like whatever cable news whatever they watch like that's what drives their opinion and who controls that mainstream media that's like it's some of the politicians right like how much money does fund the cbc get funded with so like they're just gonna if they're, if they're not seeking alternative points of view to inform themselves with they're just gonna believe what they see like the first thing they see and it's, it's and it's just gonna be kind of how it is now like but that's what that's my point is though driven, politics is driven by like random polls that people do and see like oh right now it, the you know vax passes polling hot so let's go with that <laughs> like you know what i mean but that, that's that's the point though is that people are already kind of doing this in terms of the the, the politicians that are making these decisions they're already essentially disregarding what people are saying so why not or like, or like, they're already kind of influenced by uh, uh, external political factors, right? So, if we think of like big pharma or mm-hmm. other corporations, they they have interest and they're trying to exert their influence. Mm-hmm. Now, what what I would say to counter that, so from mm-hmm. from that point of view, mm-hmm. it, you're actually making the job easier for them because those big corporations mm-hmm. now they have to focus on influencing just one person, right? Mm-hmm. All they have to do is get to that one politician mm-hmm. or that one kink in the chain. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, then the whole thing mm-hmm. is corrupt. But mm-hmm. now, if you disseminate mm-hmm. that power, so again, going back to going back to Bitcoin, the decentralized mm-hmm. power grid, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the same premise. Yeah. Now, for them to in- exert that same level of influence, mm-hmm. they have to do it to the whole population, mm-hmm. which is, uh, it's still doable. Of course, there is still yeah. media manipulation of that stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, the way that I see that is like net, it kind of balances itself out because yeah. instead of having to influence and corrupt this one person now there's like a whole population of people and with alternative media sources with different mm-hmm. ways of gaining your information there is mm-hmm. a large bit of population that is starting to realize that mainstream media is not to be trusted so they are seeking alternative news yep. farms and that's where people are so scared of like oh they're talking about like regulating podcasts or like yeah man j mark cast is gonna get like the biggest audience of like libertarians and we're gonna <laughs> separate off we're gonna have a referendum and separate off uh, from <laughs> From Canada, we're gonna have J Mark Castia. (laughs) (laughs) I like like the idea of voting, generally speaking, but I think I like the idea of voting with your dollars and your feet. Yes, ultimately, that's the best way to vote, and you need good money to be able to vote (laughs) with good money. So that's why I'm I'm pro Bitcoin, and I'm trying to get everyone who knows me, who trusts me, to uh, adopt this new technology because it's Mm -hmm. gonna be a way when it happens. Yeah. Anyway, man, we're approaching an hour here. I wanted this to be like just a half hour long. Story. Okay. <laughs> we're good. good conversation. All right. <laughs> we're going to end it off here. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have any more questions, hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, at jmarkfit. I just got Telegram. Hit me up in there as well, oh, at jmarkfit nice. as well. Uh, I got Facebook. I don't use it too much, but I do answer my Facebook chats. So uh, jmark moves on Facebook. And uh, yeah, if you got an email or if you want to email me, newsletter at jmarkfit.com. Thanks for everyone for listening. Stay active, keep moving, stay healthy, be grateful. Peace. Jmart out.